Welcome, everybody, to episode 69. Uh, today's going to be a nice. totally different flavor of this, uh, so everybody that's not ready for this situation can just wait till next week's. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally, totally different flavor. Is that implying that we normally run a clean, professional show? Don't yeah. think about it too yeah, much. That's what, all I have to say right there. Don't let your <laughs> don't let your mind do the work. Let your body. Um, <laughs> anyways, no. So last time we had all gathered around the table and played here, you had found yourselves in that cavern, kind of trying to figure out what the hell you were going to do now that this hag was gone and what you had kind of been looking for had been found to your surprise, you know, a new, another dragon egg, uh, and one that has exact links to Safel's past, uh, to some small surprise there, but then only to be found by Sarvid Dwellin, the, the owner of these mines and these, the, the workers here, you know, uh, under him who was accosting you and was like, you're the ones that brought this trouble here. I'm going to have the talent punish you. Uh, you're all murderers, thieves, all this stuff. You've caused all these troubles and you bring nothing but doom. Um, to which you were brought to the marketplace. You, Sarvid kind of told the people what had happened to him and um, the friends and families that worked for him. And you guys kind of mounted a small defense, mostly relying upon the good deeds that you had just done the night before. Um and then eventually word led off by the king and queen uh, to the coal fire keep because the Talon had communicated with Bahama and Bahama had seen fit that there be no large punishment, but that the people themselves could dish out something of a smaller nature. And you guys were brought a verdict later on after our episode concluded, which was they would demand in eventuality a total fine of 2500 gold for the families that had been affected and right, never coming back here add <laughs> <laughs> on out uh to which the king and queen were like will help pay for a small amount of that because of dwellin's nasty nature uh he, they were like, we're sure he was the one who kind of skyrocketed that number, and we will try to kind of calm things down a bit more. Um, but eventually, that debt will need to be paid because of those harmed um, from the hag. But you all had agreed in your discussions that it was probably for the best that you began your new mission with the kingdom of establishing communication with the other settlements within the Underdark, seeing if they were also being terrorized by potential demonic threats or whatever. And so, Sir Laertes, Balatar, and Queen Griselda have brought you all, including Stool, uh, towards the gatehouse when Starcaller as you all stop at Beatrice's house. Because it seems he has some business with her. Listen. <laughs> Sam and Brenda can leave. Yeah, <laughs> what do you mean, Will? Starcaller, okay. would you like us to, um... Oh, this is, this is an Andrew episode? Okay. Starcaller, um... You'll just, um... Do you just need a minute, or...? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'll be like, right back, guys. This is not going to be like a whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got you. Well, he's, um, the, he's the two-minute kind of, of person. Yeah, certainly. He's just left something inside. We'll, we'll be over here. Oh, he'll leave something inside. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, my God. You're just jealous because you don't have biological functions anymore, Safel. I have tentacles. That and all the bitches love me. <laughs> <laughs> told you episode 69 it was gonna get wild Uh, (laughs) i'm growing two more take me away um mrs conklin i'm so sorry this is not this is not your fault yeah maybe sam maybe tell your mom to to skip this one yeah you you (laughs) said you were gonna throw up if there wasn't a star collar and beatrice 
interaction. Yeah, you yeah. kind of specifically asked for this. I said that I wanted Beatrice in the episode. I didn't want graphic content. You know oh. what you did. <laughs> I want a PG love story. Continue. Well, let's see what Starcaller does then. Well, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, listen, I, I have some unfinished business to attend to. Uh, so I'm gonna go, you know, we have all of our, our gear ready up. I wanna go see uh, Beatrice. Well, you're right outside their their house, so you're free to knock and uh, call on her. Yeah, how convenient. Uh, yeah, I'll knock. Okay. Uh, a moment goes by, but uh, you see the little like peephole light up as the you know their their little tab kind of holds it, and you hear this like little squeal inside, and then the door is like ripped open, and she's like, "My lord Starcaller, how are you today?" Oh. I come to you with a, a hopeful but heavy heart, Beatrice. It is always well to see you in, um... It's always well to see you, Artemis. I, I and the, uh, my companions, Sefel and Silla, are going to be heading out uh, to Neverlight Grove to deliver Stool back to his, his homeland and hopefully, um, be able to find out a little bit more about what's going on around uh, the surrounds of the kingdom. I I hope to be back soon, but I, I do not rightfully know when that exactly will be. Uh, I picture that she has like a couple of steps that lead up to a small porch right before her door. And you're like standing <laughs> on the steps. And so she like kind of walks out and she just like throws her small arms around your big maned like neck and head. She's like... So, my big brave Lord Artemis Starcaller is going out to be a hero again. And she's like intertwining her fingers in your hair. And she's like, you are going to come back, aren't you? I wouldn't have it any other way, my dear. I will return. You need not fear that. And uh, I imagine she like pulls herself up closer to your ear and you just feel one of her like kind of clawed hands come up to your cheek and it like grabs a real tight hold of it. And she's like, if I hear about any other woman on all this man that you are, there will be hell to pay. Lord Artemis Starcaller, you believe me that. And then she kind of like softly rubs over your head and she's like, but you, you come on back to me now. Why? I would rather face down the gates of pandemonium themselves than have to face you, scorned Beatrice. I shall return just as I am. See, this is the kind of thing you tell us to leave for. Hey guys, uh, is, is Artemis in a like unsafe relationship <laughs> I, don't, can't I, don't leave. If, I don't know if it's unsafe I don't know if it's unsafe but it is 100% canon and will be remembered that Artemis is a bottom <laughs> listen listen true love knows no bounds or lots of bounds it depends on your thing but anyway just just have a safe word that's all I ask <laughs> of course, uh, of course. Uh, and then I will um I, I imagine um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach into my my bag and I'm gonna pull out um, the hag's like staff, um, mm. which if I remember right has like a cool icy looking crystal on the top of it. Yeah, it um, had some interesting designs and some kind of trinkets hanging from it as well. Yeah, cool. Uh, and I was like, it is. Well, suffice to say, uh, when I return, I will have a, a much better present for you. But um, for the time being, um, and I'll, I'll hand her the the icy stave. Wow. She's in shock. She's like, Artemis, my goodness. I, I will certainly see what I can do with this. This is... And she again, like, leans towards you and brings up a hand and once again, like, cups your chin. She's like, this is wonderful. Thank you. Um, and then she turns to you all do you mind if I have him for but a moment and then she just like drags you inside and slams the door <laughs> and then a couple minutes later she like 
kicks you out and you guys can see like the classic cartoon of like lipstick marks all over them. Safal, did Artemis just give Beatrice a staff of immeasurable power? I, we, we did not talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Artemis. I am glad you're happy. And he's like grimacing the whole time. But perhaps when it comes to artifacts that we have not yet investigated, we defer to to the group before any hasty decisions are made. That is certainly something I could have done. Uh, <laughs> and he just like takes his pistol and like, uh, no, no, let's let's go before yeah, we should go. <laughs> my uh, uh, my. My headcanon is that you're, the name Starcaller is because of all the ladies he calls on. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, you you guys start leaving Beatrice's home and she like comes out in very like uh, old Southern style, takes like a bandana out and she's like waving it towards you, Starcaller. And she's like, do come back in one piece. I love you. Um, and... You guys continue on your way to the gate castle. Uh, again, this is your last last stop before you venture back out into the unknown underdark. So, any last visitations or any such things you'd like to do? Well, friends, it seems like we've come to our end here in the kingdom for now. And I just like to say I I'm glad to be at your side. There is no one else I would rather stare down the abyss with than you all. I don't think that we said it, but it did mean quite a lot to me that you stood with us. Yes, I, I did want to find a moment to speak to you after that, but the king called on us. Um, your words were powerful and appreciated. And to have... Well, it was no small gesture. We know you've built yourself in this community, and it means a lot to you. So to stand with strangers who have become friends is... is largely appreciated. It will not be forgotten. I feel Artemis is, is a loss for words and just gives a, a solemn bow, uh, which is so undercut by all the, like, cobalt lipstick over his <laughs> face. <laughs> um, you're all eventually, including with Stool, led through the gate castle, and you see many of the old guard members that you had encountered before you were allowed into the true city of Dim Cairn about... And you are then led into the kind of inner gate, the disguised gate that uh, you had all come through before. And you see it start to raise. And the king and queen and Laertes are all there with you. And Laertes comes up and kind of forearm locks with you, Artemis, and says, uh, Good luck out there, my friend. I do hope you come back to us. Oh, I shall return, and we will have many a glorious fight in our future, old friend. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Queen Griselda comes up to you, Scylla, and she's like, I do appreciate everything you have done for us in our short amount of time together, and I do hope you can return, you do sincerely always have a home here with us, and do not think that we won't help you when the time comes to reclaim your original home. We will be there for you. Thank you. It is a shame how it happened, but I am very grateful that it that the events that led up to it occurred. And I look forward to seeing you again. And King Boletaire comes up to you, Safel, and goes, um, You are a fascinating individual, Safel. 
and I had hoped to rather pick your brain about some of your magics and what you could perhaps teach some of my people. Uh, we are lacking in a great many things, and your intellect alone will be a great help. But um, good luck out there. I appreciate you saying so, and I believe there will be a time for such things. But when I come back, I believe you owe me a story about your father's sword. Uh, and I'll just I'll just give him a curt nod and turn away. He looks at you like stunned, like. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Um. And as you all kind of step outside the gate, uh, Sir Laertes comes back up to the lot of you and holds out a small bag, and he goes. In here is some chalk. Use it to mark your way. Uh, mark mm. it for dangers. Mark it for passable areas so that we may find your trail to eventually uh, connect with these other settlements. You do not need to necessarily make your way back here, but uh, the more you can connect with sooner, the better for us. We can take care of ourselves. But we... Uh, We'll try to keep an eye on you, if we can. Follow your, your trail. And he hands it over to you guys. And then he retreats, and the gate slowly closes till eventually it looks like you guys are just staring at a barren sidewall of a tunnel. And you guys are back out in it. What would you it was like nice to, do? to have a home for a little while. Indeed, but it seems it is our want to be wanderers here. Let us find uh, a home for the one of us who has a home here still. Stool. Yeah, I'm going home. Wow. All right, try not to rub it in. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I just also, where are we going, by the way? Yeah, do you, do you yeah. know? Because I'm, I am completely nonplussed here. You, you claimed that you could lead us back, potentially. I have a slight notion of the direction we need to go. It's almost like I feel like this pressure in my head that's like I gotta go this way, um, and I feel pretty confident that if we follow that nudge in whatever is in here that we will find it i hate that that's the best we have to go off of hmm. let's do it follow Excellent. the nudge along the way safel is it something where we need to dunk the new egg in lava i don't believe this one hatches the same way wonderful but I am uncertain. I would like to stay away from lava if possible. As would I. <laughs> Onward. Um, yeah. Uh, Safel, if you would like, you are welcome to roll Arcana to figure out what that particular egg needs to help it hatch. Okay. Clearly, it's very close to what it needed, you know, not long ago. Yeah. Uh, 22. Okay. You recall from your, your somehow hidden past, uh, in encounters with lunar dragons who helped you in so many ways that they need extreme cold to hatch because that is their natural environment out in the void of space that they have uh, an extreme affinity for it. And so you think if you can somehow bathe it or surround it in some kind of very cold environment or some such or introduce it to extreme cold, that you will cause it to hatch the rest of the way. Interesting. Uh, Still caller. I was just going to say, with your 22, you think that perhaps 
the the colder magics in environment that the Bahir Hag had been controlling and inducing where it was was what caused it to begin to hatch in the first place. But mm-hmm. now that it she has started the incubation. Yeah, once now that that has lost it, it's kind of slowed again, but it's very close. Starcaller, not at the moment, but if you're up for it, I believe I have an experiment for us to try this evening. Well, why not? In for a penny, in for pounds, Phil. Onward, then. Let's follow... Stool's nudge. Follow that nudge. I need you all to roll survival checks in aid with Stool's. Because this is a group that you guys are trying to make your way. Alright. Yep, that tracks. Okay, what's everybody got? We we did get a long rest, right? We yes. slept. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Nine. I got... Nine. Oof. Oof. Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen. I'm I'm gonna pop a knowledge here. <laughs> okay. Great. So quickly. Uh, twelve. Twelve. Okay. Stool got an eleven. <laughs> oh no. So on your first day back out in the tunnel system, and this is very fitting, it's been a while for you all. You, uh, while there weren't Datingers in your kind of temporary home of Dimcairn, it's very different from the darkness that surrounds you in these very narrow and claustrophobic uh, tunnel systems. And so your first day is a bit rough. You you stop uh, a little more often, kind of catch yourselves deciding, oh, we're going to go this way. And then you're like, no, that's a dead end. We got to turn around. You scribble over one mark that you were like, we're going this way. Nope, don't go that way. It's a dead end. Uh, first day of travel. Jesus, I can talk right now. Um, you find a kind of little subset off of this tunnel where you guys decide that you're going to make camp. I'm assuming unless you decide you're going to press on through the night and uh, battle some exhaustion. Nah. Mm-mm. We got nothing's trying to kill us before we try to do this to ourselves. I yeah, can't right. roll survival without disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you guys do with your first night back out in the wilds of the Underdark as you're resting or trying to rest? So, Ancilla, please be a part of this. I... I remember I sort of excluded you from from this last bout of experiments. I had a thought. I believe what this egg needs to hatch is in extreme temperature, but in the other direction. Where the creature inside is more lunar-based, it is actually more accustomed to uh, the freezing temperatures of... of the void it is natural to. Starcaller, I believe I cast a spell on you uh, in previous days that allowed you a breath weapon of a draconic ah. type. Yes. I believe I can set that type to release ice as opposed to fire. Hmm. It might be worth experimenting to see if introducing the egg to that breath could aid in its incubation process. Oh, it's certainly worth a try, my friend. Let us, let us try. Right. I could perhaps help as as well. Um, my gust of wind um, can also create a, a fair amount of cold. I would assume it, it certainly cannot hurt. Alright, so I will... I guess I'll place the egg, like, against a wall. Just, like, Mm -hmm. one of the stone walls. And, uh... And sort of back away. I imagine, like, we're standing in a, like, arch. Just sort of all pointing towards the egg. Um, Sure. 
I will position myself between Scylla and Starcaller, and I will cast Dragon's Breath on Starcaller. All right. All right. So that will give you, and I will choose Ice. So you have this for up to a minute. All right, and that's basically I use my action, so I can ten times breathe upon it with the ice. Yes. Sounds about right. Cool. Uh, yep. Then I'll I'll go ahead and do it. You know, just and I'll I'll do the same, but I'm gonna cast Gust of Wind, and it just lasts for a minute. So I'm just gonna do that the whole time. Cool. Describe how between the gust of wind and this frosty breath, how you bring about this cold environment for this this egg to hatch. Are you just like directly like point blank like eat ice <gasps> or are you, you know, like in, enveloping uh, it? What are you doing? I imagine like with like the first breath is like just straight up at the egg but then after that it's kind of like doing my best almost like sp- paint around the egg and almost encase it in a rind of frost uh, and then building on top of it so it has this like almost like a, a ice cocoon around it. I imagine that on Scylla's end she's breathing around it which is like coalescing whenever like drops that haven't solidified and just adhering them to the outside of that egg. Mm, I like that. So you do this uh for your full minute that you have this ability uh, over and over again, creating this rhyme frost nest, essentially, for this egg. And uh, it plummets the room into quite a bit of cold for the rest of you. In fact, I'd like you all to roll a con save, if you would. Sure. Scylla, I'm going to have you roll it at advantage. Simply because this cold, I imagine, with the, the depths of the dark I'm lake. I'm liking be, it. Yeah, it wouldn't be totally foreign <laughs> to you. 19 for Safel. You all right? Uh, 15. You're good? 8. Okay. Uh, you're a little frosty. You're you're a little, a little chilled. Um, so let's do... Take seven points of cold damage. And I imagine this kind of like sustained breath, like a little bit of it mixed with the gust of I- uh, gust of wind kind of like comes back and frosts your neck a little bit. Um, so it hurts, it tingles for a little while, but uh, eventually that fades. Um, nothing immediately seems to happen. And so because of this, what do you guys decide to do? Do you leave it? Do you set up the rest of your camp? Do you do more? What are you thinking? I think it is probably best to leave it and let it take in its environment. Yes. We have set it up and let it incubate, as it were. I think it would be smart. Obviously, I think we should have some fire if if we would like, but Perhaps we should create some distance as to not counteract what we have done. Indeed. Let's not uh, overwarm the egg, as it were. Well, were we able to find, like, um, a a shelter of sorts? Like a little um, hidey hole for us to set up camp in that, like, uh, protects us from multiple sides? Yep. Yeah, you're basically in what would to you look like almost a a giant air bubble uh kind of a thing like if this was um god what's the genuine term but if it was like lava rock where it's very porous uh it almost looks like a one of those kind of holes dug out along the side of one of these tunnels um because i imagine in your preparations with the kingdom of ember you were told that oftentimes most of the tunnels that are used to travel throughout the underdark were created by uh by purple worms just making their way throughout the earth um and so they make for the clearest way to to traverse um 
And so that's where you've you've kind of hold yourself up and there's one entrance in. It's a, about a 20 by 20 space. Uh, in one particular corner, you have the egg now surrounded in ice, but you have plenty of space for yourselves. Yeah, I think um, Scylla would um, probably keep watch. Um, like, I, I think whatever our watch routine is, Scylla would go first. Okay. Uh, well, who would like to set up the second and third or even fourth watch? the order here i'm thinking i can set up the second where i only need four hours of of meditation i can take that time during scylla's watch and then take over okay cool yeah i'll, I'll take the third watch with help from or i'll help safel on the third watch you know i don't know who's we'll, we'll both watch okay all right then um well scylla go ahead and roll your perception check 17. 17, great. Uh, you don't notice anything coming to or from uh, the tunnels for a while. Hours seem to pass. You're getting close to, you think, the end of your watch. Um, but then you, you think you hear something. And you're not exactly certain because it almost sounded like the swishing of cloth. But it was so quiet, perhaps it was one of your companions just rolling over while they slept on their kind of packs. That is until you see cross in front of the opening uh, a medium but large, bulky, dark, shrouded figure just like slowly walking by and you hear uh, this clicking sound like a are they wearing heels and they have a lamp <laughs> uh, you can't tell from where you are uh, do you investigate further uh, I will wait for them to get further away um, and then I will poke my head out okay. and just try to get more of like an understanding of what it is they look like. Sure. Um, it takes you a moment as this sound starts to kind of fade away. And you go towards the tunnel entrance and you kind of like a peek out and you do hear that kind of shifting of cloth and then you hear what sounds like wood striking on stone along with this clicking and you notice that it is a bipedal figure that is walking through the tunnel but something about their presence is just like much darker than the natural darkness surrounding the the, the tunnels here and occasionally you see like a bioluminescent fungi kind of lighting up but as this figure approaches things just kind of get a little bit duller and you realize that clicking is the sound of hooves this figure has hooves they're about medium size if, maybe six feet or so tall what are you thinking uh yeah if they didn't notice us and they're like clearly just walking by and leaving it looks like they're they walking by. They're kind of slowly ambling along. Yeah, then I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to, like, let them leave. Okay. Um, you Do you I'm continue gonna... to watch them until they leave, or do you kind of go back into your hidey hole? Uh, I'm going to go back into the hidey hole. Okay. I think you... Scylla's feeling like there's. we're going to be running into a lot of things in the Underdark, and... Just let it be, you know? They don't know we're here. Just let them be. <laughs> sure. Um, besides you guys taking watch, did you guys take any other precautions when setting up camp? Just curious. I'm not being like, oh my god, something's about to happen, but I'm just curious. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like if we're, we're tucked into a little corner, that's like half of what we can do right there. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. 
for for the for the marshal crew, it's just having having weapons ready and at right. the ready. Yeah. Um, uh. One thing not brought up is that Starcaller, uh, Dawn's Edge doesn't need to sleep, and she can sense things all about her. She has Ooh. dark vision, surprisingly. Um, so. Depending on how you use her, she can also keep watch. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'd love to have her kind of assist the the watch. Okay. Do you uh, set her, like, lean her up against a wall somewhere? Do you give her to Scylla to kind of, like, hold on to and uh, to help her kind of set, suss out what might be out there? Or what do you think? I, I kind of imagine, like, I find, like, a little, like, crook in, like, the rocky floor and, like, plant her like a tree <laughs> in the ground and go to sleep next door. Um, Scylla, as you come back in, you actually feel the the voice of Dawn's Edge kind of reach out to you, and she goes, Scylla, Scylla, I, I think that figure stopped. You mean they stopped as in they right outside? Listen. Listen, do you hear them? And uh, you stop and listen, and sure enough, you don't hear the the clopping of hoops anymore. Hmm. Do you know what kind of creature that was? I... Do not. I have not encountered whatever it might be, but it also seems shrouded in something. It seemed old, very old, but also brimming with something almost not right inside of it. It's it's hard to describe. I think when um, Dawn's Edge says that, um, Scylla has this thought of like, we're here to find out more about dark, bad things in the Underdark, mm-hmm. so um, this might be something we need to investigate. And she's going to first wake up Svel um, by like pushing his shoulder and then like putting her hand over his mouth like don't say anything kind of thing and then she'll mime that he needs to like listen and then she'll point right outside what do you do Uh I will quietly get up and I will peer around the sort of alcove wall. Okay. Make a stealth check. Oh, Jesus. Scylla, are you creeping up there with him again? No, I would next wake up Artemis. Okay. Uh, 17. 17. Okay. You manage to get up to the alcove edge pretty quietly. Uh, make a perception check. Okay. This time I'm going to get smarter and I'm just going to like telepathically talk to Dawn's Edge and be like, can you tell Artemis about what is happening? Yes, of course. All right. Give me a moment. 15 on perception. 15, you said? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, You roll a 17 on your uh, stealth? Okay. Um... Starcaller, you feel the presence of Dawn's Edge within your mind as she goes, Starcaller, do not wake so suddenly, but there is something outside of our alcove that demands your attention, and the others are waiting for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm gonna roll up as quietly as I can, pluck her out of the uh, earth there, and then I'm gonna cast a quick second level armor of Agathis on myself and then go join them. Okay. This bristly, cold rhyme kind of covers your armor. 
do the rest of you go up to join Safel, or are you kind of leave in Safel to suss out what he sees out there? Oh, I'm joining Safel now. Okay, let me get stealth check. Okay, both of you then. Both of you make stealth checks. Oh, I'm really sorry about this. Don't fuck it up. Well, oh. <laughs> that's as much as you can fuck it up. Oh no. That's a nat one plus two. Ooh. Okay. Uh, got a casual 18 over here. Okay. Uh, Starcaller, uh, I imagine you pick pick up Dawn's Edge as you make your way towards the cave entrance. Oh, and yes. <clears throat> I think it's... I think what it was, it was Scylla probably cast an eye back towards Stool, who was trying to kind of like... Uh, get themselves up and quietly move towards the entrance with a lot of you that Scylla looks back but not in time because your cloak that naturally helps you with these things uh, makes you almost invisible in this environment so she bumps into you and there's kind of like this clatter you Safel Safel you see you peer out and you see this biped figure holding on to some kind of large long staff like thing but even with your dark vision it's hard to pick out what exactly they are something almost supernatural seems to kind of surround their form but they're definitely stopped and you see their form begin to turn back towards your direction do you do anything or do you sit there and watch uh I think I watch. Okay. You watch. And as this form turns around, it all of a sudden becomes much clearer as to what this creature is. They stand about six foot four. But something about them goes a little bit taller than that. You see from their large, wide, black-furred head carried two spiral horns that go up and back, and then from the sides come two also Stygian-like horns. And from the sides of this large, semi-elongated face are two red eyes with peculiar rectangular pupils that you can make out in the dark. You think, as the rest of this large kind of burlier form comes to bear in front of you, is some kind of satyr. But they seem more twisted and bestial. And as they come around... You see uh, that in one of their larger hands, they carry what looks like an old farming implement, a scythe. They have this kind of mottled patchwork, dark cloak about them, these various armored pieces kind of around their mid-torso, but then surely there it is, two large bent-back muscular goat-like legs. And as these red eyes, goat eyes, turn towards you, you see just behind the two, two more of these red eyes appear. And then its mouth opens, and you hear it speak. What do we have hiding in the darkness? Come out, come out. I think there are... And you see two of those eyes close and it kind of tilts its head. I think there are four of you. Yes, I sense four of you. Do not hide. Ivan does not wish to harm. Safal will step out of the tunnel. I 
see, I see a flare of the mind, is it? And he kind of rests his large, kind of rusted scythe against the wall and takes this awkward kind of bow, and he's like, I am Ivan Mark. Who might I have the pleasure of addressing? I simply go by Sefel. A pleasure, Sefel. It is not common to see a creature such as yourself this deep. <laughs> that is very true. Now, who are the others that hide with you? So we'll like look back to the alcove with his friends. He already uh, sees you. You might as well join me. Artemis will will step out of the shadows. You know, Dawn's Edge in one hand, the Gauss pistol in the other. And I'm Artemis Starcaller. Um, what is your errand here? Ivan. I have been sent by my masters to find what creatures now lurk here in the dark. For their strange what is the word? Machinations is not in line with my masters. And and who then are your masters, Ivan? Mm, I do not think you would uh, very well understand their language. Do you speak of the beyond? I'm not sure I understand your meaning. But uh, if that is the language, then it is one I do not speak. That is too bad. But I am always happy to enlighten those who do not know of them. I am Ivan Mark, prophet of... And then his voice shifts as he says the name of whomever. Prophet of And it's like this name echoes through your mind and like brings this unnatural chill up your spines. Uh, those of you that care to can roll in uh, a history check to try and uh, identify the language that he just spoke. Uh, Scylla would have stepped out as well. Okay. Dirty 20. Okay. That beats my three. 10. All right. Uh, dirty 20 it is. You realize that he just spoke deep speech. I speak Often deep speech. You do. So you understand then that he said he was the prophet of Shub Nugurov, also known as the Black Mother or the Mother of a Thousand Woods. This is a old, old, deep uh, elder god of sorts. That is a powerful name to bring down into the tunnels. Ah, so you do know it. This is good. This is good. So you have heard their name before. On rare occasions, but it has graced my ears. Hmm. And what business do you have here in the tunnels yourself? We are seeking passage to the Neverlight Grove. 
to return a friend home. What is this never-like growth? Is this uh, a settlement of sorts, I can only assume? Uh, your assumption goes as far as mine. I have never been myself, however. I understand it to be a colony of Myconids. Hmm. Very curious, indeed. And you see that all of their eyes close and they kind of straighten themselves up. Their horns go back, their head kind of lifts up. You kind of hear this quiet murmur of the deep speech, which is a very slow, almost guttural and incredibly difficult language to speak because it's almost like the physical body can't make the syllables but for some reason he seems fully capable of doing it and uh, he's saying oh dear mother please grant me your guidance do I also search for the Neverlight Grove and then he kind of faces towards you all again and he goes I will wait for their answer. Do you have um, warmth? May I join you for a moment? We are in no position to turn down companions. Indeed, please, join us. Well, thank you very much. And he picks up his old looking scythe and kind of comes towards you in the clip-clopping of his very large, thick hooves uh, and he kind of enters into your alcove uh, sees the egg sees stool, but he only nods to stool and then kind of finds a place to rest themselves against one wall doesn't remark on the egg but you see that uh, one of his sets of eyes now closes and uh, two remain open and it's unearing how they don't move yet he seems to be watching all of you so you go to the neverlight grove mm, but a triton a linen and a flare. This is an odd grouping, is it not? And then my poor monstrous self. It's certainly an odd looking group. <laughs> we make do. <laughs> that it is. That it is. Oh, the old ones must be. Uh, bringing me amongst your path for a reason. Your countenance is unsettling. Do most of your kind have four eyes? <laughs> no. The way you find me now, I was blessed by the Great Mother to be reborn. I was but a human man. Oh, I do not know how long ago. But she felt it best to bless me as such in this form similar in some ways to her own. Hmm. So you... Do you see visions? Sometimes. If she or the others grants them to me. There are others that you serve as well as this this mother? The mother is the most important, but uh, we all serve our purpose till the stars align. Yes. Do you know Grumbles? Grumbles. I'm very afraid I do not know this grumbles. He's a great seer mm. from the city of Didn't Cairn. 
the city I have also not heard of. Where is this crumbles in Dimkern? I would be curious. Does he also speak with the uh, old ones? He is himself an old one. I do not know if he speaks to any higher power. This is strange. I will have to speak with the mother again if he is one of them. I have not heard his name mentioned from them. Perhaps the prophet of Relia will know. Should he grant my call? He's just, he then like sees you all kind of staring at him and he gets this kind of smile that tugs at his goat-like mouth. I'm sorry if I unsettle you. It is not uncommon. I do not often get the chance to speak with many. Most choose to um, assault me upon sight. I thought of it. You and I share that fate. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do, Sifel. Uh, a question for you then. What sort of errands does your patron set you forth on? Well, currently, it seems one of the old ones that was locked away has emerged somewhere here in the deep. I have been sent to find them, as it is not time for them to emerge. If one goes before the alignment, the rest cannot rise. And so he must be put back in his place. Tell me, do you know of the old one, Dagon? Yes. And that's where we'll end today. Damn it! Oh man, is that the time? We're overdue for another check-in with you fine listeners. Thanks as always for being here right up to the outro. We really appreciate that. You will never believe this, but we recently hit our one-year podcast anniversary and 3,500 downloads. It's truly been a blast. We're having just a grand old time and we look forward to another 50 episodes to come. Hopefully you join us for those next 50. That being said, we do have an exciting announcement. We have launched a coffee page. Yes, that's K-O-F-I page. There's no pressure to do so, but if you want to toss a coin to your witchers, that's us. You can head to ko-fi.com slash the madness table. All donations will go first toward our monthly operating costs, which include our podcast hosting software, items like that. But our ultimate dream is to be able to upgrade our setups, to be able to offer live stream recording sessions to get that sweet, sweet video content to accompany our audio. Uh, If you're not able to donate, but you want to support the show, we would just adore you if you left that five-star review in whatever podcatcher you're currently listening in, or if you just spread the word and tell a friend. We would be eternally grateful for that support. So that's it. Until next time, when...